The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. My guest today is Wade Imramorset. He has studied yoga for more than 17 years with most of the world's influential yoga teachers, including Baba Haridas, Sri Patabi Joy, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, Deshikachar, and also with the Krishna Marachaya lineage. Wade is a recording artist with New Tone Music and has just released several critically acclaimed albums of yoga-inspired indie rock pop music, including Maha Moha, The Greek Delusion, Sargam Scales of Music, and Strong as Diamonds. He leads workshops, yoga retreats, and Kirtan music evenings in the U.S. and internationally. Before we welcome Wade on to the show, I want you to have a little bit, a taste of his music, and this is from his current release, Maha Moha, The Great Delusion. This song is Guruma. Thank you. 
like to welcome Wade Morissette to 1111 Talk Radio. How are you, Wade? Good, thank you. How are you? Oh, very, very good. Thank you. I'm uh, thrilled to have you on. I love your new CD, and I've loved your other music, and I know it is impacting yoga students everywhere. They are using that um, in their yoga practice and just people in general as we get more and more into an age where people are open to different forms of music and allow them, allowing themselves to spiritually evolve, to take in different sounds Mm-hmm. into their environment. Tell me how you began this whole journey and got into this type of music. Um, I was uh, just pretty much graduated from high school, and I went traveling for a year in Australia and New Zealand just to kind of, you know, people were saying, you know, travel a bit before going straight to university. Um, I, and I think that might have been a, a detriment or a blessing at the same time, actually, because when I... Uh, had that kind of taste of travel and and being independent on my own. I I, I kind of longed for it even more. And um, and then so I just went to university. I was wanting to be an environmental lawyer and and um, and I think at that time, as you know, many people I see in their you know early twenties, it's it's quite a a difficult time because you you know you're being influenced in so many different directions of what you should or should do, and and, uh, and I wasn't quite ready to, you know, follow a path because I didn't know what that path was. And uh, actually, one of my roommates turned me on to a book called Mystic Path to Cosmic Powers. And, and after I read it, I just felt, you know, this was something that I was looking, that I was wanting to explore. And I, you know, spent, you know, probably the next three, four months reading, you know, as many books as I could on Eastern mysticism and and spirituality in general, but definitely uh, I had a huge um, kind of passion towards reading all things to do with Buddhism, and and then, and then obviously from there, um, my path led me to the study of yoga. Well, and and you're from Ottawa, Canada, mm-hmm. and that Ottawa is a pretty cultural place. My husband was from there, and oh, it's a beautiful cool. city. Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of exposure to different cultures and different things. Did you have any exposure to this type of study or music prior to that? I didn't. You know, all growing up, I, I always had this kind of, I don't know if it was, you know, intuition or something, but, uh, I mean, I was definitely too young to, to actually, you know, vocalize what I, what I was feeling. But there was always, always this kind of, and I think my parents, they were hippies at heart, too. I mean, they were both school teachers, but they, uh, you know, they took us traveling around Europe, and, and um, so they always, they gave us this kind of, you know, this kind of longing to, to get out there and see the world. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure where it came from, but, but um, you know, when I left Ottawa and I moved to Vancouver, I think for me it was more just my desire to, well, one of it was to be closer to Asia, <laughs> and yeah, and, they, and then the other one is obviously Vancouver is a, definitely a progressive city, very healthy city, and then also a very spiritual city also. So I think that's, I mean, Ottawa, you know, I think any, anybody who grows up in a place who kind of has that desire to, to branch out and discover new things leaves their hometown. And I think, it's, you know, it took me about a 10-year process to look back and go, well, you know, there were a lot of great things about Ottawa that I that I received from growing up in, in a city like that. And um, but for the first few years when I left, I was definitely glad to to be um, 
in Vancouver and a new place, obviously, to kind of define kind of the new curiosities and passions that were unfolding. Well, I, I definitely have a love for Vancouver. That's where I was born. And oh, wow. I think we always do have to kind of spread our wings and fly from the place that we were. Yeah. Um, just to grow and also to turn around and then appreciate where we came from as well. Exactly. Was music a part of your uh, young childhood? Have you kind of had an interest? And what instruments uh, kind of were you involved in? Yeah, I mean, as a kid, my parents... I always laugh at this, but my parents forced us to take piano lessons for about seven years. Um, and my dad was a big Bob Dylan fan. And, and um, so, so we learned as young kids to read music and obviously play piano. And so, so musically, it was something that was part of our upbringing. Um, and then I kind of rekindled that when I was about 18, when I was uh, in New Zealand. I saw some guys in the Auckland airport playing guitar, and, and um, it just hit me, I think, after, you know, when you're traveling and you're free and you're getting the opportunity to, to explore internally and then also, you know, travel to exotic places. And, and when I saw the guy play guitar at the airport, I was like, you know, it was like just whatever, whatever comes from an internal place of, of um Excitement, and I and I just remember automatically thinking, yeah, I'm going to pick up the guitar, and and I I think as you travel too, having that guitar for me was was moments of like moments of grounding almost um, to be able to sit down and play music. I still remember a story, um, a time when I was on a bus from um, Varanasi all the way to Kathmandu, and I had this cough, but I had my guitar, and this woman beside me. Um, said it's interesting because as soon as you started to pick up your guitar and play music, your cough went away. And it was like, for me, it was, that was a moment where I was like, wow, you know, music and playing music is, is very centering and um, very healing as well. Well, and that's true because, you know, a lot of people don't realize that physical issues, even if it's something like a cough or a sore throat, it really is about us getting our voice out into the world. And uh -huh. definitely by singing and playing the guitar, that's your voice getting out. You yeah. really blend your two passions, which you have said have been music and yoga. Mm -hmm. And so how did the yoga piece blend with the music for you? Well, it's interesting because initially I think my curiosity, again, reiterating the, the reading of all, you know, all books to do with Eastern mysticism, I, I, yoga was actually my first kind of path that I started taking. Initially I took it as just uh, something that, you know, that, that was um, healing for me. I tried karate and didn't like the sparring aspect, and I actually dabbled in Tai Chi too, and I knew I was looking for some kind of practice. And the more I read and, you know, um, took in so much information about, about all things Eastern, I realized that I would love to... I wanted something experiential, too, that I could, you know, have as part of, like, a sadhana or a spiritual practice. Um, so yoga was my first actual doorway into it. Um, and then as I practiced yoga more and more and delved deeper into it... Um, you know, the music kind of was always along with me. And then as soon as I started to explore mantras and the benefits of mantra meditation, that's when it just kind of naturally happened where I, by playing guitar I added my own melodies to some of the Sanskrit uh, mantras that I was learning. And, and it just became kind of like a natural 
um, succession from having music, learning mantra, and then combining them together. And you talked about some of the benefits that occurred. What were some of the benefits that you experienced as you journeyed from exploring yoga to becoming a yoga practitioner to using the mantras and utilizing them in your music? Well, the initial benefits were, were obviously um, the restlessness and the, the anxiety, I think, of not knowing what I'm doing or where I'm going. And, and um, I think many people can relate to that. You see it everywhere now. Most definitely. Wade, I'm going to have you continue that answer when we come back. I'm with Wade Imra Morissette. He has just released a wonderful new CD called Maha Moha, The Great Delusion. And he has a couple of other CDs that he had released prior, Sargum Scales of Music and Strong as Diamonds. You can find out more about him on his website. It's wadeimramorissette.com, W-A-D-E-I-M-R-E. Morissette, M-O-R-I-S-S-E-T-T-E dot com. And you can also find out about some wonderful upcoming events that he's having uh, in November in Dallas, in New York in December, and in Denver, Colorado, and Naples, Florida in January. We'll be right back with Wade Morissette. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You 
You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Wade Emmer Morissette was born in Ottawa, Canada, just minutes before his twin sister, Alanis. The twins took to music at an early age, and Wade studied piano as a child and then took on guitar and djembe in his teens. But their paths diverged when Wade began to study yoga, and he has also now just released uh, his third CD, which is Moha Maha, The Great Delusion. I'd love to play another song from... Um, one of those CDs. Actually, I'm going to play for you a song from the Sargam Scales of Music, another CD that he has he has uh, developed, and then we'll talk a little bit more to Wade. Wade, we were talking about how mantras and yoga and your delving into all of this uh, supported you in growing and changing and what benefits it had. And you had mentioned some stress and anxiety was alleviated. What else happened? Um, I think, I mean, obviously the yoga aspect, practicing postures, um, gave me that physical um, relief and relief of stress that I was saying. And, um, And at the same time, I've always been curious, I think, of, you know, pointing the mind in meditation and, and um, you know, the older I get, the more I see how meditation, you know, beyond physical postures and um, is how valuable it can be 
and how the benefits are, you know, really important. So, so I think that's what kind of my curiosity from the physical aspect of yoga practice into the the exploration of mantras um, was kind of the natural kind of next step in, in, in my exploration. And then seeing how the repetition of mantra and the power behind it um, and how it affected, you know, clarity of mind and, and uh, enhanced creativity and uh, an ability to focus and be more efficient as life, you know, became more and more crazy and busy and, and demanding. So, so I think that's, for, you know, from the, physical to the, from the physical to the mental aspects of mantra meditation. Um, and, again, it wasn't like a separation. It was more just an, an addition to, to the practice um, it, um, that just made it much more full, and, uh, and, uh, and I started to benefit even more from it. And you do a lot of teaching as well. You you teach uh, intensives with yoga. You also train others. How do you incorporate all of these things into your teaching aspect? Yeah, I, I think at the beginning for anybody who's, you know, moving into a yoga practice or, you know, any kind of spiritual practice, I think it's really important to, to really simplify things and, and speak in a language that's not out there and speak in a language that's very tangible and, and where, you know, people in mainstream society can um, really hold on to it and really um, develop a practice. So, so I think for me it's more just always coming back to the beginner's mind mentality and, and really instead of first thinking about, you know, the information or the wealth of information that the teacher knows, um, I think what's more important is for the teacher to become, you know, a really amazing, avid listener and to really um, understand who they're teaching. And then, uh, and that's part of the Krishnamacharya lineage in India. That's, you know, it's all about developing a, a practice for that person's needs and limitations and goals rather than, you know, putting a practice onto them. Um, it's more about finding out what they need and then giving them what they need. That's wonderful. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's a, a practice that more and more people are involving themselves in now. It's just becoming a little bit more known, and mm-hmm. um, and even in the smaller areas, people are starting to participate, participating more because they're realizing all of the benefits that are available to them. Yeah. What are some of the profound changes that you have witnessed in the yoga industry as you've been doing this? Uh, well, it's interesting because, you know, at the beginning, the, the main thing that I keep mentioning is the, the, the relief of stress or anxiety. Um, and, you know, a friend of mine the other day, actually, it was a great conversation, and he was saying, you know, yoga actually doesn't change people. It just makes them better in the moment, and, and there's a lot of truth to that, I think. You know, the, the illusion might be that when you practice, you become this person that's always happy or content or free or, you know, there's so many positive words you hear in, in the yoga practice. And, and what I'm realizing more and more, being a father and, and, you know, the demands of life is that yoga is essentially to, to enhance your experience and that experience um, will be light and will be dark and will be challenging and will be blissful and will be everything essentially in the gamut of all emotions. And I think 
what yoga does is it just makes, um, you just basically cultivate these tools. So no matter what's coming into your life, whether it's joy or whether it's, you know, a deeper pain, that all, all of it is, is part of the experience. And, and what to do when that arises um, is, I think, what the, the essential part of a yoga practice is. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's that's what many people start to discover as they venture further and further into their yoga practice. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you have um, a sister, a twin sister, and she's also a musician. Mm-hmm. And I have always found her music to be very spiritual as well. They're very different in their spirituality. Um, but I, I find spiritual tones in that as well. Mm-hmm. Did, did, you, did you have any trouble going in your direction? Were, was that welcome in your family? Was, was it all right for you to follow different lineages and study these different things? Was it acceptable? Yeah, you mean to my parents or yes. to society? <laughs> well, anyway, whether it was society or whether it was to your parents, did you have any challenges in taking any of that on? Yeah, I mean, in my late teens, and obviously when my sister's Jagged Little Pill came out, um, and obviously dropping out of university, it was an incredibly tumultuous time and... and um, you know, really not knowing what I was doing. And, and um, you know, to be honest, when Jagged Little Pill came out and, you know, the, the twin sister becoming, you know, the world rock star, um, it was incredibly difficult. And for me it was like, because I had been reading all these books on Eastern mysticism, it just seemed natural to buy a one-way ticket to India <laughs> <laughs> and change my name, um, which was, you know, incredibly incredibly challenging during that time um but now in retrospect you know i look at it and i'm like wow that was rich and profound and and um incredibly adventurous too but you know during it i must admit it it wasn't glamorous in any way (laughs) um but yeah again in retrospect it was um my parents were very much like you know follow your bliss essentially they were very open-minded that way so i think I mean, if you look at my brother and my sister and I, we're all independent thinkers, and we've all kind of, you know, none of us graduated from university, or, you know, we all really just um, explored more to the liking of who we were, and then from there, figuring that out, kind of doing the things that supported who we were. That's wonderful. It's wonderful that you were raised in an environment that allowed you to be that free, and and I do think that sometimes the the things that happen in our lives that put us more into the dark and shadow places are really where the gifts are that help us to stretch and really go in directions we wouldn't have normally gone. Yeah, and, and at the same time, my roommates in university, you know, I, I still remember thinking, you know, hearing them when they were saying, you know, are you going crazy? And, you know, what do you mean you're dropping out and going to India and all these things? And, and at the time, you know, there, yoga maybe, you know, yoga wasn't where it is right now, so it was even a, a greater risk back then. And, um, but I'm just so, so grateful that I, that I, you know, plowed through and listened to my inner resolve and, and did what, what kind of my inclination was from something deeper inside. Well, I would love to talk a little bit when we come back from the great break about how this has now influenced you in being a father, because mm-hmm. I'm sure that all of the wisdom that you've had through the years, uh, you're now getting to utilize as you raise your child. <laughs> so uh, we will speak a little bit more to Wade Morissette in just a few minutes. If you'd like to know 
uh, more about different workshops, upcoming events, or some of the different items that are available by Wade, you can go to his website, wademramorissette.com, W-A-D-E-I-M-R-E-M-O-R-I-S-S-E-T-T-E. And when you get on his website, you can find out about the three CDs, Sargam Scales of Music, Strong as a Diamond, Maha Maha, the Great Delusion, and also his upcoming yoga book that's coming out, Transformative Yoga, Five Keys to Unlocking Your Inner Bliss. In addition, there is a DVD, uh, Shiva Vinyasa Flow, and an additional CD, which is a mala meditation. So definitely take a look at his website, and we'll be right back with Wade Morissette. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Are you looking for Life's Balance? Look no further than 7th Wave Network. We're bringing you Life's Balance with Shaman M. Let Melody McBride take you on a unique listening experience. You'll explore the world of alternative health. Learn about the many facets of healing. Preventative lifestyles from children to seniors will be discussed on the show. Listen for Life's Balance with Shaman M. Broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. It's the healthy side of life. Let peace and balance be yours. The results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. We need to schedule a bone we'll need to perform a surgery. After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Wade Morissette realized that he could combine his two passions, yoga and music, to create his own original blend of indie rock pop music with Sanskrit and English chants. We're going to listen to another one of his wonderful songs. This one is Shine On, and it's from his CD, Strong as a Diamond. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am, that I am, I am, that I am, I am, you are, you are, you are. 
Your songs have such clarity and purity, and your voice really brings forward something that I think puts the heart at ease and really allows a person to feel that way about themselves. So I appreciate Mm. the music that you're bringing forward into the world. Thank you. We were talking a bit about uh, you have two kids, Mm -hmm. and um, hopefully another will be on the way soon. (laughs) And um, how has the yoga and the mantras and the CDs and the lifestyle supported you in now raising your children? Ah, uh, it's funny when you ask that question. I, I see my wife's face in my eyes, rolling her eyes. <laughs> um, sometimes it's supported it, and sometimes it hasn't. But I think overall, um, I think we're both. You know, when you think of being a parent and and all the challenges and great aspects of of that role, I think. Obviously, you know, as teaching by example, and I think I just I want our kids to be able to see, you know, us, and my wife and I, as as people doing what we love, and um, and so for me, it's more the whole, you know, do do the things that you enjoy, and really keeping it simple. Um, so we've we've tried to do that, and and as you know, any parents listening can can attest to the, the the incredible difficulty it is in balancing all aspects of life, being a parent. And then at the same time, you know, the other side of the coin of the immense joy you feel, you know, seeing your children smiling and playing and, and growing up. And so I think I think being an example of, of you know, living your life to the fullest on all aspects, albeit... Um, you know, rocky, you know, difficult patches, and then also, you know, patches that are really um, fruitful and 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 serene and peaceful too, um, are all part of it. So, so I, I think that's the biggest thing is you know, um, being a parent and and giving fully, and at the same time, um, still having your own life and being able to pursue your own dreams as an example to your kids is really important. You know, I've always believed that our children are born to us, number one, to teach us the thing that we really need to learn, Mm -hmm. and also to help us heal any old wounds that we may have. Mm -hmm. So if you look at your four-year-old son, do you see certain lessons that he's here to teach you? Uh, Well, so far when I, you know, obviously 
we were together this afternoon, and, and um, I, I think the lessons are coming. <laughs> I, I think, at, you know, at, at such a young age, I think it's just important to, to let him grow up naturally. And, and, um, and, you know, obviously what he's teaching me is something that I think might become more clear, you know, in retrospect, like most things. You know, I'm so in it right now. Um, that it's it's a little bit difficult for me to know exactly you know what I'm taking in or what I'm you know what parts of being a parent is is causing me to evolve and and I but I I mean on a really simplistic uh, tangible way again it's just about you know how to find balance with it all and and um, but obviously you know like any parent or any child when you observe them the the freedom the spontaneity the streams of consciousness the you know, seeing my children and, and my four-year-old, I mean, it's all he wants to do all day is go from one moment of joy to the next. And, and if he doesn't get it, you know, he gets very upset. And so that's, that's, for, that's, a, that's one lesson that I'm able to obviously see every moment that I spend with him is the, the, the desire to experience joy as often as possible. Well, and that's probably a lesson that all of us adults could take <laughs> on, is that we need yeah. to go from one moment of joy to the next. As you were recreating your different CDs, do you go into a certain place where you just get inspired and the music comes? Is it something that you plan? How does the process occur for you? I, th- I think for me mostly... Um, it's not necessarily inspiration to write music where it's mostly that it's my soul is when I'm surrounded, you know, if I don't check in or, or do my practice or go inside, um, and now obviously I've developed many ways to do that. Um, and the reason why I've developed many ways is because of, you know, how difficult it is to maintain a practice. Um, I, I think for me it's more just that through the accumulation of living in the day in my day-to-day life where I'm surrounded by so much, you know, illusion and darkness and and seeing suffering and um the music is almost like a a reminder to me it's like a hey this is this is your true self um and obviously singing it is just kind of like you know a reminder to me and then at the same time you know when I'm in 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 places of suffering or pain um, when I listen to my music, um, I don't anymore because I'm sick of all the music. But when I li- when I used to listen to, that's why I always love creating new music. But when I listen to it, it's actually almost like I'm singing, I'm soothing myself um, by singing me by creating this music. So, you know, on one hand, it's an entirely and completely, you know, selfish thing to do, and then on the other hand, the kind of the results I get from listening to any kind of mantra music or, or pretty melodies or, um, or the mixture of both is something very healing, grounding, and liberating at the same time. I, I believe that we have to create first and foremost for ourselves, that, that the creative process is really to heal us first, and when we do it with that very selfish point of view, only then can it touch others the way that it does, and I think yeah. that's why your music touches so many people, is because it was first for you. Yeah. In, in writing your yoga book, Transformative Yoga, Five Keys to Unlocking Inner Bliss, which will be coming out soon, uh, what's, what spurred you to create this, and what would people gain from getting this book? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. On on one level, I'm I'm always curious, 
in in ways in which to teach this obviously this ancient knowledge and ancient practice and wisdom and how to actually bring it into the 21st century and, and our lifestyles you know like some people um, listen and obviously follow the dogma of you know a great master who might have said something 5,000 years ago and for me it's just like well that's that's great, but how is that going to? How can that apply to my life, and how does that directly influence and impact, you know, the lifestyle that that I have, or that someone in Western society or twenty um, first century life, you know, lives? And so for me, that's that was my my initial desire was to to write a book that speaks to people in this modern era, essentially with technology and disconnection and. And all you know, all the the darkness <laughs> that's happening and the suffering, and so that was the first one. And then obviously, the second one was for me to be able to to create a book where I actually was I I created my own blueprint in in what I actually offered because I I do have quite an eclectic curiosity. So I think this the book was also a way for me to really pinpoint and funnel in all the information I've learned and how to put it into a into a, a book in which I could go out and teach from that book and, and really have a very clear understanding of what I was offering. And because when I offer something and I'm clear about it, I don't have to think so much about that. And again, that goes back to me being able to um, have the work almost as automatic so I can really get to meet people and get to um, spend most of my energy in, in, um, in listening to people. That's wonderful. And in the book, are there different um, exercises and that people can follow? Is it primarily theory? Uh, it's both, actually. I, I took the um, five koshas, which are essentially a, a blueprint, again, of five internal layers of our consciousness from the physical growth to, obviously, the deeper aspects and the more subtler aspects of our soul. And um, so each layer, kind of, there are practices, both um, esoteric and very tangible practices that allow, you know, the person taking that journey to, to move from physical to bliss to mental to energy to wisdom to soul um, and have that kind of compass um, through the koshas. Wonderful. We are with mm-hmm. Wade Morissette today on 1111 Talk Radio. And I'd also like to mention that 1111 Magazine is now in Barnes & Noble throughout the country. Our next issue, the November-December, will be releasing next week. And we have some amazing interviews in there with Debbie Ford, Dr. Zigung Shah, and the filmmaker Peter Roger in his new film, What is God? We'll be right back with Wade Morissette and speak a little bit more about his music, his yoga, his DVDs, and his events. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Just what is Skills USA? Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. Find out more on the web at skillsusa.org. 
Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. I am here today with Wade Morissette, and we have been discussing his music, his coming uh, book, as well as his DVD and different events that are going on. Uh, I'd like to play one last song from his latest CD, Maha Moha, The Great Delusion, and this one is called Prayer. So uh, it's a nice way to end our last segment. Please enjoy Wade Morissette. If you'd like to know more about his music and his uh, different events and things that are going on, you can go to his website at www.wademramorissette.com. Thank you. 
That is from Wade's latest CD called Maha Moha, The Great Delusion, and that song was Prayer. Wade, how, how do you feel when you listen to your uh, old songs after you haven't had them out for a very, very long time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. The, the, the most recent one that you just played, it, it's, it, it's great to hear it and ob- obviously um, listen to the words. And, you know, I try to, you know, quiet the critical mind in my head about what could have been different or the same or enhanced. And um, some of the older albums, obviously, when I hear it, um, there's part of me that goes, wow, that was a long time ago and things have changed. <laughs> um, so so it's just, I mean, for me, it's, it's um, I'm, I'm just, I feel very grateful and I feel very blessed to be able to, to be a songwriter and to be able to to write music, and so so most of it's gratitude. Uh, if I could quiet the mind with with the judgment and the uh, the, the critique in me, also. <laughs> when I create Eleven Eleven magazine, each issue has a theme, and I find that when those themes come around, it usually yeah. is where I am personally. Do you yeah. find that with the CDs you create and the songs that end up being in the CD? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's almost like as an artist, um, you know, anybody who creates something out of nothing, you know, obviously what's created in that moment um is usually 100% tied into what's happening in that in in that moment in their lives. So so yeah, that's definitely true and and um and I've been saying a lot lately that it's it's more important to create than to to be concerned about the past creations or to be concerned about what the creation is going to do out there and you know I have people ask me you know what what's the numbers how many how many units have you sold and, and these kind of questions and I'm not saying that it, that's not important to me but um if I get too involved in that world you know I start to feel the the energy go down <laughs> so sure. for me it's all about just continually um, reaching in and being the artist. I, I can totally understand that. Mm-hmm. And you also, on your website, you have a DVD called Shiva Vinyasa Flow. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, that was created, I was, uh, my, my entrance into yoga was through Ashtanga Yoga, through Patabi Joyce in, in Mysore, India. And for those who don't know, it's a, obviously a very vigorous practice, um, quite challenging and fast and and um, so I, cr- I created that DVD a long time ago. Was, I think it was about eight, nine years ago um, as just a practice to be able to, to give to people and to also practice myself when I needed it. Um, so, so that was just, again, another opportunity to, um, you know, be an artist and create something and, and, um, and you know, hopefully and by, you know, talking to different people, they've benefited from it as well, so... So, yeah, just another opportunity to paint on the canvas of the yoga world. <laughs> That's wonderful. When yeah. do you find or, or how do you know that that itch to create again is starting to come? Um, I, the biggest clue for me is is the ease in which it comes. You know, like you think of writers and having a writer's block and them having to plow through that block. Usually for me... Um, I know it's got elements of truth and, and beauty in it, it is when it comes so easily and when there's no resistance. And, and I'm not saying that there's never any times to really hone in and focus. I mean, obviously, I spend thousands of hours in the studio editing and then obviously thousands of hours with the book through the, with the copy editors. And so you, you, have to, you have to do diligence with that kind of stuff. But I think, 
if it comes from a place where it's really flowing and, and very uh, effortless, then I, then I know it's, it's something um, uh, pure. And you seem to have um, a pretty regular schedule of events and things. I know you're going to be in Dallas in November, and then you're in New York in December. You visit Denver and Naples in January, and there's other calendar events scheduled further out. Mm-hmm. What's on the horizon for you that you would like to make happen that has not happened for you yet? Well, actually, the the latest music I'm recording is actually I'm writing a screenplay now. So for me, I'm very, very... Um, the next kind of realm for me is filmmaking, and so I'm writing this movie musical, which will be shot in India, um, called The Face of Grace, and I'm essentially just writing the, the musical score to it, um, and then at the same time writing this whole script, basically, with characters. And, um, and the premise of the story is essentially the, a character. I'm, I've taken a lot of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey and then brought a lot of the Hindu deities into it, um, as kind of dif- different symboli- symbolizing each of the kind of the steps in Joseph Campbell's hero journey. And just writing a story about how this character is being chased by demons, which we can all relate to in some form or another, and, and the only way he escapes it is by being in trance or, or being in a, you know, when you're when being in a place where the mind is focused. Um, so it's, it's incredibly... Um, I always also like to go th- into new realms of creation that are a little bit unknown to me. And I mean, I, I definitely always will record music, but moving into filmmaking and screenwriting and creating a film is is something that I'm very new to. So it's challenging and exciting at the same time. Well, continue to grace us with all of your gifts and also continue to be the inspiration for so many by just constantly reaching higher for yourself. Um, I, I applaud you, Wade Morissette, and I'm appreciative that you've been on 1111 Talk Radio. I urge my listeners to go to his website, Wade Morissette. Uh, wadeimramorissette.com and get his CD and look up some of his other offerings and get connected to him. He's got a lot of wonderful things to offer. And also get connected to 1111 Magazine. You can go to our website and get subscriptions at 1111mag.com. Next week, my guests are Nicole and Michael Sebastian, the Dream Team, and we're going to talk about how we can get more connected to our deepest level of consciousness through a small word called Hue. Look forward to speaking with you next week. Until then, be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 